that really you? Is it? Except I saw you singing this morning. So that's. Hang on, give them a few seconds of it. This is John Morley performing on Breakfast. Like a river flows surely to the sea, darling, so it goes. So you were on breakfast show this morning, so you're all over the place, so you are, but that's all part of all shook up, so it is in Castlebar. Yeah, I will be all shook up tonight, Keith. <laughs> you will be your opening tonight, so the <laughs> Castlebar Music and Dramatic Society are opening in uh, the Royal Theatre tonight, between uh, the, so starting tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday night, and a special then matinee on Sunday, then on Saturday as well. On Saturday as well, yeah. Saturday so it's well. 8 o'clock each night for the next three nights and the 2 o'clock matinee on, on Saturday. You have a great voice. Have you been always singing? Uh, yeah, I've done musicals since a young age and different plays and a bit of singing and that. Uh, nothing paid, all kind of just for my own enjoyment, but uh, I get a good kick out Sorry, of it. Sorry, we're getting calls it. from where? From the West End? <laughs> Sorry, what you say, Siobhan? Well, the West End? No, no, no. That for now. Jo- John Morley, he wants to sing. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to sting someone. No, sing, sing. Yeah, well, you, you have a great voice, though, yeah. Oh, did, thanks, Keith. You did it live very early in the morning, which is a very hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even have a cup of tea or anything on me, so it was all you red didn't. raw. <laughs> If they want to get tickets, though, they can go to the Royal Theatre website or they can go to www.castlebarmds.com. How are the tickets selling? Very good, I believe, yeah. So I'd get onto it very quickly if I were you. Uh, if you we were can give away a pair if you want. We could okay. do that. So what are we, we're playing a bit of music underneath you again. So yeah. What will we ask? So what's the question today? The question today is, what's your favourite Elvis song? Tell us your favourite Elvis song. We'll give you two tickets for a show of your choice over the next three days. Okay, it's not Mamma Mia. Somebody just sent in Mamma Mia, so it's not Mamma Mia. <laughs> Favourite Elvis song. So we'll, we'll, we'll give you a few more seconds of John. Thanks, Jeff, for popping into us uh, today. Further details can be had from castlebarmds.com. Your favourite Elvis song, please, to 086-38-33553. Some things are meant to be. Take my hand. Take it, baby. Take my whole life too For I can't help falling in love with you One more time there you go. Aided and abetted by Molly and Ollie this morning there, John. Uh, if you want him to sing another song for you any other morning, maybe next week, we'll have to get through the musical for this week. Uh, just uh, send it in, please, to comments at goldwaybfm.ie. Uh, Mike King, congratulations to you in Bully Beg. You've won yourself to earn Ireland uh, ferries uh, tickets uh, from there. So we'll be getting uh, those out to you straight away. And uh, I will go back to some of the comments that we've got in uh, f- in relation to Loch Ray later in the programme. Don't look so frightened. Swear to God, it's not that bad. Somebody coming into the studio and they kind of looked in the glass window and said, Oh, sweet God, is it him I'm going into? MacD's Garden Centre in Galway Irish Crystal. If you love gardening, you'll love MacD's. It's just fan dabby dozy. Now, Anne Jones be on the line. Anne, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us uh, today. No um, and again, we have a good few questions in for you, Anne, today. Great. And again, it goes back to sowing of seeds. Can I just sow my seeds directly into the ground or do I need to nurture them in a glass house first? It all depends on what seeds you've got. <clears throat> if you're talking about your vegetable seeds, like your carrots and beetroot and and so on, then you can sow them indirectly into the ground, but just leave it 
another week or so. I, I mentioned this last week and people thought I was slowing up their, their progress and they should be doing this and that and the other. But look at what we have today. Like if you had seeds in the ground, they'd be burnt. So um, what you want to do is leave them another week and sow them outdoors then after that. I mean, you can't wait until the weather gets perfect because we don't know when that's going to happen. But at least there'll be a bit of warmth in the soil come the middle of March. So that's the first thing. Now, if you're talking about sweet pea seed, uh, as in the flower sweet pea, what I would do is I would soak them in water overnight and then I would um, sow them indoors and grow them on and transplant them and grow them outdoors later in the season or plant them outdoors later in the season or sow them outdoors but wait a couple of weeks before you do it. Mm -hmm. So any outdoor seeds is really what I'm saying is whole tough. Any indoor seeds, you can start now. Uh, somebody else said we have to remove a tree from our garden can I take cuttings from it and uh, try and sow them elsewhere uh, before we cut it down you can it's kind of it's getting a little bit late for hardwood cuttings as they're called and they're the cuttings that um, you would take of trees and hedges and so on but still I'd give it a try if you could do it pretty much immediately when this snow passes over and you have a bit of free ground take the cutting about a foot long 10, 10 to 12 inches long pencil thick not a big chunk of a branch now or nothing flimsy at the top either just about a, a, um, a pencil thick slanted cut under a bud so the bud will be at the base and then just the cut under it and put it outdoors in the open ground or in buckets of soil and a bit of sand mixed through it and leave them outdoors and they should root. It's, it's as I say, it's getting late, but you still get away with it. You, you should still get away with it. So give it a go. All right. Somebody else has given out to me, by the way, for, um, well, they've given out to me because um, we were speaking about moss and tarmac and otherwise, and they said you should not put um, washing powder uh, on tarmac because um, it'll ruin it. Have you ever come across that? I haven't come across it, but it doesn't mean to say it's not going to happen. I mean, some people, some people will come back to me and maybe and say that it has, and then that's something we've got to learn from. But no, in my own personal experience, I haven't come across it being a problem. What I do see it as a problem is putting it near drains or water outlets or things like that. That that that's not a runner. But I hadn't seen it being a problem on tarmac. I, I have used it on tarmac myself, and has it hasn't been a problem. Um, and with the cold weather we have now, should I take some of my plants in or is it okay to leave them out over the weekend? Leave them out, and would you? I will allow you as well leave them out at this stage because it depends on what, what, what you've got but um, or bring them into the porch. But, I mean, they've been snowed on now all night and, um, mind you, it's not freezing. There's no frost out underneath it this morning. Well, not up here, there isn't anyway. There no. may be in some parts of the county. Um, it's the frost that does even more damage. What you could do is just knock the, the heavy snow off them so that there's no weight of snow on them. Every time you walk in or out past them, just knock the, the heavy snow off them. Otherwise, bring them inside into the porch and just leave it until the weather passes and put them out again. The frost is a bigger is a bigger problem. Um, do, 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 yeah. Somebody else is just wondering about geraniums uh, that are flowering at this time of year. Now, they don't tell me whether the geraniums are inside or outside, and would that make a difference? 
it would make a big difference in that you should not have your geraniums outdoors yet. It is too soon, way too soon. You're time enough putting your geraniums out in the middle of May because one night of frost and they will be burnt to a crisp. So keep your geraniums indoors and if they're, they shouldn't be, probably wouldn't be flowering now, but they may may do in some houses and keep, keep them indoors, uh, flowering or otherwise indoors at this time of year, planting out in May. Um, somebody else said and I spent a fortune uh, putting product on my moss lawn two years ago and it came back absolutely beautiful but this year it's worse than ever again will I have yeah, to do it every yeah. two years yeah it's going to keep happening it's where we live it's the amount of rain we get if you cut your lawn too short you'll end up with moss if you don't feed your lawn you'll end up with moss because a hungry lawn is a mossy lawn and then with the amount of rain we get um, you will end up with moss. It's the nature of where we live. You can treat it and you may get a few years of um, of a reprieve and it looks quite well and then it'll start co- coming back into it again. If you can get it early on as it's coming in, you'll be able to hold it off and it won't, it won't take over the way it may have done before. But um, it's probably a thing you're going to have to repeat over the years every few years is as the moss treatment on the lawn because it, it is reoccurring where we live. And uh, um, I have plants in my garden with red berries on them. It's not mm-hmm. holly. What could it be this hour of the year? It could be skimmia. S-K-I-M-M-I-A. could be skimmia. Male and female plants of those and will produce berries. The, the, the male, the female will produce the berries. The male will have the flowers. And they, they're in berry at the moment in lots of gardens. The birds don't particularly like them, so the red berries stay on them quite a long time and they're quite plentiful at the moment. All right, listen, Anne, thanks for joining us uh, today. No problem at all. And let's hope that this weather goes and we're looking for bright sunshine in the very near future. Anne McKeown, thank you for joining us uh, today. Gardening advice with MacD's Garden Centre in Galway Irish Crystal with everything from plants, shrubs, pots, garden furniture and much, much more. If you love gardening, you'll love MacD's. It's just fan-dabby-dozy. Now, I want to go back to the whole... um, situation in um, Loch because we did have Odette Fahey uh, on the line. Kieran Cannon, the scholar, said Amogi Mara had been on numerous times speaking in favour of closing the daycare centre. Matty Quinn has been on once and it's totally unfair. We already asked questions about the new daycare centre and there's no plans for us. They're planning on opening St. Patrick's, which is down in a hollow in the middle of a lot of buildings. Um. Kieran Cannon and Mogi Maher have not been on the station talking about closing the daycare centre. So can I just reiterate in this regard? And again, it's the notes that I took, and believe me, and they call me the voice of Galway, which I accept. I've been doing it a long, long time. But since July 2020, I read this earlier on when I was on with Odette, the residents have had exclusive use of the spaces previously used for daycare services, which was Seven Springs Building. Um, this had a positive impact on the residents' quality of life and was reflected in subsequent inspections reports by HICWA. If the registered provider proceeds, which is the HSE or the Delta Hospital Group, if the registered provider proceeds with their stated intention of reverting to the previous level of communal and dining space in St. Brendan's CNU, they will be in breach of the Health Act of 2007. So that's it from HICWA. That, that's, that's it. So they're the governing body 
And what Mary Butler was trying to say in the nicest possible way, that if this continues and Hick would go digging further, the unit itself could close, the whole unit. She doesn't want one bed to close. I spoke to her yesterday prior to the interview I had today and she's hell-bent on making sure that every bed is open and she said that in the interview as well. So all I can do is take the facts that I have and everyone is, is we're all equal. Anybody can um, say what they want to do because they have facts and or otherwise and Odette, we took Odette within minutes of her calling us and she accused me of being biased and all of that. That's fine. I'm a big boy. I'm at this for 42 years and I'm here for 32 years. So I, I'm not taking any offence to it. But all we have to do is balance it here. My concern here is a lack of balance. And I'm doing my best. And if my best isn't good enough in this regard, well, I'm sorry. Some of the other comments come in. Give Odette a chance to speak. You never challenged any of the other speakers. Please tell Odette, please, to stop. And uh, You're too loud. Keith, shut your mouth when someone is speaking. You're so ignorant and think you are God. Um, if you go to a public meeting, Keith, you get shot down if you have any negative comments or questions. That's why I didn't go. And Keith, you'd want to pull the plug on that lady. It's not good listening to her. And just other calls coming in there. Then on the other side, to be quite fair here, uh, hi Keith, I think that Odette Fahey should apologise to you on air. She's totally wrong, and in my opinion, the people of Lachray would be very annoyed about her and the way she spoke to you. We have to listen to the professional people who are the ones that can make a difference to the safety and help the elderly people get back into the day centre. I love the show, Keith. You're doing a fine job from there. Keith, this caller said, um, when you get a chance, listen back to your call and your interview with that fahi lady from Lachray. I think you lost it this morning. You were very rude on the way that you spoke to her. But I suppose anybody can have a bad day. I don't have bad days. I'm not having a bad day. But I have to make sure that what is broadcast on this programme, between John and myself, we have to make sure that we're not scaremongering, we're not frightening people, or we're telling lies. And I'm not saying that anybody is. Anybody at all. But I'm just saying we have to. We have to be very careful that everything we put out is above board. And we have a special role to make sure that happens. And uh, you should visit the new proposed site, Keith. You couldn't possibly support the proposal uh, if you did. I don't need to go to visit it. I've had Breda Crehan Roach sit there. I've had Cairden Cannon sit there. We've had Moggy Maher sit there. We've had many others that have come with the other side. Indeed, Councillor Donoghue has been on about it. And like it's, we're, we're not walking away from it at all. Uh, Keith, this caller said, let her speak. And um, Lockray concerned citizens believe uh, that you are having. Oh, yeah, so we read that one earlier on, so we did. And another caller said, Miss Fahey, um, I read that one as well. So, I mean, we try to get it right all of the time and we do our best, but I think we have to, in this regard, we have to take on board the concerns of Minister Mary Butler. And if Mary Butler wants to go down and meet with Odette and the um, committee in Lockray, that's, she's minister. She can do it. And Rabbi can sort that out and bring her down there. But there's no point in bringing her down there and shouting at her. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Well, you might remember during the COVID crisis and pandemic, um, we had a lot of callers saying that they were waiting and looking for 
cancer treatment but wouldn't go to hospital during the pandemic. Well, a new report has shown that 84% of patients who use services uh, avoided emergency department in response to COVID-19 pandemic. The HSE National Cancer Control Programme uh, funded 26 acute oncology nurses in hospitals nationwide, including hospitals across the sale to hospital group. To give us further details on this, I want to go to Terry Hannan, National Clinical Lead for the uh, Cancer Nursing, HSE National Cancer Control Programme, and she joins me on the line. Terry, good to talk to you. Thank you for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. Um, how, how did this impact people? Okay, so um, thank you, Keith, for, for having me on. Um, so uh, I suppose the main thing really was that there was a lot of concern during um, COVID in relation to uh, patients attending ED during that time. Mm. Um, and cancer patients, um, many of whom are undergoing different treatments, um, like chemotherapy, are a particularly vulnerable patient group. So we had um, linked in with our colleagues in in um, the UK who had set up a service for um, patients that could, instead of going through an ED, that they would contact a dedicated telephone triage line um, and the, the manned by nurse specialists in cancer care. So they use a validated tool to assess and manage cancer patients. So I suppose in some ways we saw it as being a perfect time to introduce such a service um, into all of our 26 hospitals um, because we felt it was important that patients would have access to specialist treatment and where possible would avoid attending ED. And was it there? cancer patient at home, I suppose what it means is that if they had a symptom that they were concerned about, instead of going into the ED, they would phone the nurse specialist. The nurse specialist would assess and manage them and where possible would uh, mean that the patient wouldn't have to go in through the the ED. And did you decide then, um, Terry, to continue this after COVID because it was such a success during COVID? Uh, Absolutely. So there was very, it was very evident that there was proof of concept during COVID. So um, I have a small nursing team here in the um, NCCP who are very committed and who really um, supported the development of this role. So we defined a number of those quality metrics, looking how the service was utilised, how many calls came through, how many patients uh, contacted the line needed to to come into ED, or as a result of this service, didn't need to to go into ED. And what we found was that there was a um, the, the the service was very well utilised by patients. They found it hugely reassuring. Um, and in most circumstances, patients didn't require further follow-up. Now, there will always be um, emergency admissions for cancer patients um, where they have to come through ED. And when that happened, the, the specialist nurse went to ED or went to the medical assessment unit um, and advised them that this patient was on their way. So it really expedited that piece where there was an absolute requirement for ED. I suppose this is what we've been looking for for many years is where the, 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 the care of the patient is followed by a dedicated team like you're talking about today uh, so that they could they could meet them in ED if they had to go there or the medical assessment unit which we have a wonderful one in Galway I have to say um, so and, and that's good for the patient I mean long term that's good for the patient but can you keep it going at this level? 
Well, I suppose what uh, the service as it stands at the moment is an 8 to 4 service Monday to Friday. Um, and we've been trying to, to build resilience within that service by linking in with our colleagues in CIT and in the public health and uh, nursing uh, services. Um, but really what is required is to build further resilience. Our colleagues in the UK have led the way in this area um, and they have a 24-7 service. So that's something that we are really striving to to build on what we have because we know it works well. Yes. Um, and for me, it's, it's a patient, it's a really important patient initiative. So we have been very much supported by the Department of Health Cancer Policy Unit. So we're working with them at the moment in trying to uh, build a case really to try and build more resilience in the service so that we would have an 8 to 8 uh, service in uh, with a nurse specialist and then look at other options for okay. a weekend and overnight service. So, so this is a, this striving is, to achieve that. This is a work in progress, but it's a work in progress that's moving forward and eventually, hopefully, you'll get to the seven days a week and eventually, maybe in a few years' time, you'll get to the 24-7. Uh, but now, now, now it's as you said, it's eight to four currently, Monday to Friday. If it gets into the weekends, it goes eight to eight. Um, all the, the only people that will benefit from this is those that are on that cancer journey that need assistance at those hours. Yes, yes. But I suppose it is it is important to note that in in the bigger cancer centres, um, patients can contact the the uh, there is some of the patients can contact the inpatient areas. Yeah. At weekends, but really we want a dedicated resource. That has been the key to this initiative, and it has been the mm. real win. Is that when the patient phones the the, the number, they have access to a specialist yeah. nurse uh, who gives them the appropriate advice and support. All right, Terry Hannan, thank you so much for joining us and explaining that to us uh, this morning, and uh, thank you for taking our call on this Friday morning. Thanks, Terry, indeed, for that. Now the winner of the tickets to go along. Uh, to the Castle Bar Music and Dramatic Society to see John Morley strut his stuff. It's opening tonight, tomorrow night and Saturday night and there's a special matinee at 2 o'clock on this coming Saturday. And Jailhouse um, Rock is what Maria Murphy of Kingston Months. Uh, so Maria Murphy, you've got yourself a pair of tickets uh, to go along to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to get uh, for the details on that, you can go to www.castlebar.com mds.com that's musical and dramatic society just mds.com and get further details my next um, guest is based uh, in uh, Mayo as well and he has in the past brought us it's the real McCoy and the three Hail Marys which are a massive success the man I'm talking about is a fellow broadcaster as well Tommy Marn who's off air uh, just in the last um, half an hour from uh, Midwest Radio. Uh, But Celebration Ireland comes to the Town Hall Theatre on the 23rd of March and the 24th of March. And uh, it's very apt for what we've been through, Tommy. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well, Keith. Good morning. Um, It's it's very apt for what we've been through in the last little over 12 months. Yeah, in many ways, that was the catalyst for deciding to do a show like this. As you say, you know, predominantly I've done comedy plays and there's an awful lot of comedy in Celebration Ireland. But I, I was very, I suppose, like yourself, you know, a bit confused. Last year was the 100th anniversary of, you know, the freedom of our state, per se. And I thought that, you know, the celebrations were very timid and... Uh, you know, I felt that, you know, maybe as a society, we've become a little bit uh, blasé and maybe uncomfortable 
about actually celebrating our own cultures because we are so multicultural in Ireland now and rightly so that maybe you know we we feel it's politically incorrect to be celebrating so much about ourselves when we have so many other nationalities living here and with that in mind i thought well look why not just celebrate ireland in all its guises and it's you know in all its layers from our music our historians our comedians the people who are no longer with us and so i put together this two-hour show it has 35 segments in total in it no segment is any longer than about five or six minutes and we go through everything from a tribute to Michael Collins to remembering the singer-songwriters who are now dead, like Liam Riley, like Christy Hennessy, Luke Kelly, and many others. Wow. We remember the Irish songs that we sang in school, like Dilly No Douse and Shay, the, you know, all, all of those Irish songs, and a whole plethora of other things, just to bring back memories and celebrate the great people, places, and historians that made Ireland what it is. I, by, you're, you're bringing back many memories, uh, Tommy, there. So you are, I mean, I, I got the, even Dilly and Odosa. I could nearly sing it now and I can't speak Irish. Or Oro Shed of Aha Wera. Did you do that one? And Christy Hennessy. If you were to go, and I was, yeah. Yeah. I can't sing, you yeah. see. Maybe you can. Um, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're the iconic people that kept us really, really and truly um, entertained over the last long number of years. <laughs> Yeah, and like what we put together, when you go into the theatre and you look up the stage, there's a, a four-piece acoustic band. There's no drum kit, there's no trumpets. It's a four-piece, beautifully harmonised band. In the centre of the stage is a gigantic screen, and then on the right-hand side is an acting area. And so during the course of the production, you got you know you have the band doing the tributes to the various singers. We do a tribute to the music of Percy French, you know the man who brought his songs like "Are You Right There, Michael? Are You mm. Right?" Uh, you know Eileen Ogue and all of that. We do a tribute to the icon of pop music in Ireland back in the fifties, Bridie Gallagher from Creaselaw in Donegal, and all her great songs. And then on the screen, as I say. You know, we we have great memories of, of uh, and, and all of the stuff is live. There's nothing pre-recorded. And then we do sketches remembering the Reardons, Gar the Patrol, and then we have a few modern sketches thrown in as well, like a farmer who's trying to order a missing ear tag from the Department of Agriculture <laughs> on a machine. Uh, so it's it's just a lovely show of nostalgia and memories. And as one person said to me going out of the theatre in Kilkenny last week, it was uplifting. It was uplifting that we were able to celebrate our country and our culture. Wow. It's called Celebration Ireland. So it's going to be Thursday, March 23rd and Friday, March 24th is uh, when it's on. So that's the week after next. It's, it's, um, it's a fortnight today, isn't it? Yeah, a fortnight today in the Town Hall Theatre uh, in Galway. And uh, we're doing the nationwide tour. We're in Tralee if the snow stays away this, this weekend. And uh, then we go to Galway and Limerick and uh, Mullingar. We're all over the country with it. But it's a show I'm very proud of because it's very different in many ways to the plays I've done. But at the same time, comedy to me is an essential ingredient to a show that I do. So there's a huge number amount of comedy in it. But a lot of beautiful music as well and great memories. And I think people will really enjoy it. And, you and a great Mother's Day gift as well, if I might throw that in. A great Mother's Day. When is Mother's Day? Mother's Day is Sunday week. Sunday week. Oh, it's a perfect Mother's Day gift. Yeah. And, good. Mm. and do you travel, now are you producing, directing, and do you travel to most of the shows then at night time? 
Well, yeah, I do, because I'm always in the shows as well. So I, I, I'm the MC for this particular show, but um, I, I do one of the comedy sketches. And I also do that great monologue, um, which is called Moriarty. Moriarty. It's a, it's a monologue about a man in, in England who hadn't come home to see his mother for 20 years. He decides to come home for Christmas. And I won't give the rest of it away, but it's some people refer to it as an Irish pub in London. It's a beautiful monologue, uh, which which I do as well. So I'm involved in it in, in a number of ways. It's fairly, fairly heavy work. And then to be back for your radio programme in the morning time, you're, you're, there's, there's very little time between well, you as, and travel. Well, as John Morley will suffice, you know, we do, we do have chaise lounges and... Uh, cooled champagne and all of that afterwards. Same as yourself, Keith. I wish. I didn't even get a cup of tea today <laughs> from John Morley. Did he ever make you a cup of coffee or tea, did he? Never in his life. Never. Well, By the way, all the roads leading into Castlebar this morning, if that's where I am, uh, have big signs up John Morley and then arrows pointing to the Royal Theatre. I don't oh, know what really? that's about. I don't know either, but yeah. sure, I, I, he was putting them up late last night, I'd say, with the looks of things. Ah, yeah. I must yeah, say, he's good to sure. give, give me the odd cup of tea, but I mean, we, we never, we, we'd have chilled water all right out of a machine, but we'd never have the other stuff at all in here. If, if they want to get tickets, they can go to tht.ie would be the um, first port of call. Uh, to go to the Absolutely, or the, the box office uh, 091 Do you know what? That's, that is welded into my brain, so it is this part of the brain culture in my head. 091 So it's uh, this day fortnight and this uh, tomorrow uh, fortnight as well, Celebration yeah. Ireland coming to the Town Hall here. Sounds like a bit of fun, so it does, it really does. I take it on Friday the 24th of March, you're taking Saturday off, so you might just hang around Galway for the day and the night. That's the plan, actually. Oh, so, who knows? Don't tell me now you're staying out in Carnwall with John Morley. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, um, that, that will definitely not be the case. And well, I would say John would be more emphatic about saying that than I would. <laughs> Yeah, he wants to get to Kennedy. There's something about Kennedy's the nearest square in Galway. I really and truly don't know, but I, I think I'll, I'll have to go for treatment me soon, myself soon if I don't find out what it is because he's, he's <laughs> fascinated with Kennedy's and he doesn't even know where it is, but you look at... That's what happens when you move from Mayo to Carnmore. Yeah, that's from Mayo, happens, yeah. yeah. And, and youth. And youth as well. Well, he has loads of that, so yeah. he's, a, he's a good guy. Come yeah. here, celebration, Tommy. Well done to you. And again, keep keep writing. And um, again, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets next week. Um, so we'll end this, uh, just to remind you again, Again, Celebration Ireland come to the Donald Theatre on 23rd and 24th of March. I'm, I'm delighted for the people of Carnmore that poor Tommy doesn't have to go there, really and truly. Another party like the one they had last week wouldn't be good for the old heart out there at all. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Very good morning to you now, it's 11.48 and I'm joined in studio by Manuela Moser who is the Festival Director for Courch and they had a wonderful launch uh, last evening um, in the Hardeman Hotel in Galway but Gary McMahon was there uh, with his uh, arts programme as well. Uh, good morning to you Manuela, how are you? I'll pull you Hi. right into oh, there. Oh hello, now. sorry. Hi, how are you doing? And the chair just took her on a journey around the studio, <laughs> whatever happened from there. Now, the um, I have the Courch Festival here, the, bro- the brochure runs from the 18th to the 23rd of April. It's very colourful and runs from the 18th to the 23rd as I said, of April. And you have a lot of people coming in, Manuela. Yes, we do. We have so many authors um, coming to the festival this year. I think we have over just about over 50 events um, for the six days of the festival and we are just so delighted to have so many wonderful Irish and international authors coming. 
I mean, that's a lot of events. So it is. It's a lot of events. Yes, so you're it using is. Using a lot of venues then as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll be in uh, Town Hall Theatre and Tyvyark. Um, we're using Nuns Island Theatre um, a lot as well every day. And then we we have a play in Nocton's actually running every day of the festival at 4 p.m. Um, it's called Too Much of Nothing, and it's a two-man play, and it's directed by Andrew Flynn from um, Decadent. Yes. A talented man. Yes, absolutely. It, really. And where in Nocton's is that going to take place? I think it'll take place in the main bar. Um, so they'll have to hoosh the most and get well, well, hopefully the people that are there will kind of, you know, join in and buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have people coming from all over. So you have, you have Louise Kennedy, Novel mm-hmm. of the Year, uh, with Don Puss. You have Alice Kinsella. Uh, you have Owen Dalton coming in there, Elaine Farrell. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, 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 it really does. It's been um, such a joy to put this list together and put the programme together. And um We've got, um, yeah, we've got uh, Wendy Erskine coming from Belfast, um, a few more people from Belfast. Um, we've got Sean Hewitt, Nicole Flashery with her new novel. Um, Michael McGee is coming and Elaine Feeney, mm. always own, is launching her second uh, novel in Kenny's bookshop as well. Wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow, wow. I mean, again, how do you go about your festival dr- director of court, um, Manuela, how do you go about putting it together every year? It well, fascinates this, me. This is my first year putting together Kutch, so I guess it's been a lot of um, been a lot of play, really, and thinking about which authors I want to hear, which authors I think people in Galway will want to hear, who has books coming out. Um, obviously, a lot of uh, publicists get in touch with me, and it's a lot of kind of trolling through books and thinking about things, um, and yeah, playing around with. And, and do you have a thread that goes through courts then? I mean, no. No, we don't really have a, a thread running throughout the whole festival. We've got sort of waves of themes, rather. Um, so we have quite a lot of events based around climate change and the environment. So, Which is a hot topic, pardon the pun. Yeah, now. so <laughs> um, Saturday, the Saturday of the festival is Earth Day. And so we've got a few different events happening on the Saturday including a sea swim and some poetry readings down at Black Rock Diving Tower at 9am on Saturday. And then we've got a panel about wild swimming with a few authors and uh, artists and then a conversation with Moncon Morgan and Owen Dalton and Emma Must talking about the environment and writing and activism. Um, we also have a poet- an eco-poetry reading happening on Thursday with three poets, which I think will be really how wonderful. Do, how does an eco-reading work? An eco-poetry reading. So mm. it's uh, poets who have been writing about the environment oh. and writing about how we interact with the environment and what um, what our relationship to it is. And I'm, I'm looking at bodies of work by Carmen Maria as well there in mm. conversation with Sinead uh, Gleeson. That's taking place in the Tyviark on Thursday the uh, 20th of April. Yeah, we're really excited to have Carmen Maria Machado coming over from America. Um, she'll be in conversation with Sinead on Thursday and also taking part in a panel uh, called Haunting Fiction on Wednesday with Sophie White and Camilla Gradova. And um, Carmen's actually also hosting a masterclass for us and I think it might have almost <gasps> sold out already. Is that the one that's in the Hardyman, is it? No, that's in... Um, Arsene Gale. Arsene Gale, because mm-hmm. I saw another uh, masterclass is taking place in the Hardyman, I think it is as well. Um, um, 
too much of nothing. No, it's not a master class, but no. you know, you take it right through, yeah, from there. So you're using many ven- venues, are mm, you? Yes, yes, we are, um, which is really lovely to see. And I'd love to see Couch kind of taking over more and more venues in years to come because it's such a, go it's such a beautiful, vibrant place. And yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 a I mean there's huge interest in poetry so there is from all over. Oh, absolutely! And a huge amount of people travel to Cork on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, I missed excited. it during COVID, but yeah, yeah. Mm. But it's your first year now as director. My first year as director, so I'm really excited to see what happens. And yeah, yeah, hopefully all of the we've got a lot of beautiful uh, poetry offerings. So yeah. So, so you'll be monitoring it all then this year, just yeah, seeing what eye. seeing what happens, seeing uh, seeing. Yeah, who goes down well? Well, hopefully everyone goes down well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there'll be moments, like every festival, you'll have a moment where you're tearing your hair out. Oh, well, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens, but um, no, hopefully we'll be calm and collected and having fun. <laughs> just, just like a radio programme like this every day. Listen, if they want to get further details, just go to the Coach website. It's very simple, www www.coach.ie that's coach.ie but thanks for popping into us thank you morning. so much look Lovely. forward to working with you into the future festival director for Coach um, and well Mimose are joining us there and thanks to her for joining us today in the programme and just go to the programme because there are so many people there Mark David Wilmot is going to be there Andrew Flynn is there as she said Benjamin de Bourke is going to be there Kevin Higgins uh, is going to be there and many others as well there's, there's something for everyone in the country and our mind in the county uh, from there Manuela thank you for joining us now don't forget tomorrow we're coming to you live from Wildlands in um, My Cullen uh, we'll have Anne Dunn of the White Gables Ian Burke is a comedian and uh, Nisha Matthew a theatre nurse in UHG and they join us as does Emer David and Julianne Bruin and kids from the school and we've had Collins and John Power and Aideen Malloy uh, Shane Kern, we have Walter McDonough, Hazel Morris, and Arlene Cook. We really have a, a huge gang of people joining us. From Wylands tomorrow. We'll be looking at some problems within the village as well, but that all takes place tomorrow, live from Wylands. Now, we're supposed to be doing it outside, uh, which we will do. So, I'll bring the duvet off the bed tomorrow morning. That's it, pull it off and bring it with me. And uh, join us live from there. If you want to pop into us, you can do so. Park responsibly in Wildlands, but you can just park uh, in the car park there. Uh, Mary Regan, political correspondent from Regan's uh, in my column, will be joining us as well, as will Coley Gavin and many others. So please do join us tomorrow morning live from Wildlands. We're looking forward to a bit of fun. It'll be the closest pr- uh, place to do the programme from my house. Uh, so I don't have to get up until about 5 to 9 tomorrow morning. John produced and sang and did everything else today. Siobhan took your comments. Until tomorrow morning live from Wildlands. Have a good and safe Thursday. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.